welcome to the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. I'm David Lorimer, co-editor of a new book, Spiritual Awakenings, Scientists and Academics Describe Their Experiences. It's published by the Academy for the Advancement of Post-Materialist Sciences and is available in paperback and Kindle editions. In this series of weekly podcasts, we'll be sharing the 57 original essays together with introductions and epilogue from my co-editor, Professor Marjorie Willicott. We hope you enjoy them. Wondering what I am, Ravi Ravindra. On one occasion, at age 18, after winning a badminton match, I was very tired, almost exhausted, and I simply lay down by the side of the court. I don't think I was asleep, but certainly not very awake. Then suddenly my whole body shook and I found this sound resonating in the whole of my body. Ravi, you don't know who you are. You did not create yourself. Your body is not only yours. I stood up completely bewildered, not knowing where I was and who was speaking to me or rather in me. This was soon after India became independent and there was a great social pressure to develop expertise in science and technology. It was simply assumed that a good student should specialize in technology. A recently initiated institute, Indian Institute of Technology, IIT, in Kharagpur was considered the best place for education in technology. I graduated from IIT in 1961 with a BSc Honours and Master of Technology degree. I could now get a good job, but something in my soul was not at all satisfied with my technological education, which had nothing to say about my question about why I had been created. All the necessary life requirements and academic demands needed to be attended to. But some mysterious part of me kept coming back to the questions such as, what am I? Why have I been created? By whom? None of my fellow students or professors were interested in questions of this sort, but I could not set them aside. Imagining that science may provide some clue, I ended up in Canada on a Commonwealth scholarship and obtained a Master of Science and a PhD in Physics at the University of Toronto. As I got closer to finishing my PhD, I became sadder and sadder. The more I was certified as an educated man, the clearer I was about my ignorance of myself. Several months later, I had the privilege of a private meeting with Jiddu Krishnamurti at Rajghat in Varanasi. My heart was touched by his presence, exuding wisdom and love. He remarked that philosophy means love of wisdom, not love of thought. It became clear to me there are levels of reality subtler than the usual analytical mind and that to connect with the transpersonal real, the mind needs to be quieted and a radical transformation of the whole of my being is needed 
to be free of me, my mind, occupations of my ego self. Physics has been considered the queen of the sciences since the 17th century. I could never understand why so many intelligent people have concluded that only science can lead to true knowledge of the universe and that music, poetry or any of the arts may be entertaining but do not lead to real knowledge. So while teaching physics in Canada at Dalhousie University in Halifax, I did an MA in philosophy and took a leave of absence from the physics department to be a postdoctoral fellow in the philosophy department at Princeton University. At Princeton, I developed a fairly close relationship or friendship with some eminent philosophers and physicists. And a few years later, I was invited to be a fellow in the Institute of Advanced Study there. I was invited to join the faculty in the Department of Philosophy at Princeton, but sadly, I did not feel that in the midst of all the ongoing philosophical arguments there was any search for wisdom. Also, the Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Science at Dalhousie University was keen to make sure that I returned there and therefore offered to me the position of a professor jointly in the departments of physics and philosophy. Imagining that religious studies might bring some clarity to my search, I obtained a postdoctoral fellowship in religion at Columbia University and on returning from there a year later, I shifted from the philosophy department to the department of comparative religion, becoming a professor in the departments of physics and of comparative religion. Although there are exceptions, in general, in my experience, the professors of religion are not religious. Finally, I retired in 2001 as a professor emeritus at Dalhousie University, having taught courses for several years in the departments of physics, philosophy, and comparative religion. There is no reason to be against any of these academic studies. Each of these disciplines has its charm and its occupation. But for me, it became increasingly clear that the search to connect with the mysterious spiritual energy for which many labels are used requires an impartial and steady self-inquiry and a radical transformation of the worldly self, usually occupied with desires and fears of one sort or another. Of course, serious philosophical and scientific engagements can also lead one to see the limitations of these disciplines. Here are brief remarks of two well-known physicists. Religion's true domain is far beyond anything in reach of scientific explanation, said Erwin Schrodinger in his book, Nature and the Greeks. Then Albert Einstein in his book, Purpose in Nature wrote, Everyone who is seriously involved in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that a spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to that of man, and one in the face of which we, with our modest powers, must feel humble. 
In this way, the pursuit of science leads to a religious feeling of a special sort. For me, while over decades engaged in teaching and research in the fields of physics, philosophy and religion, the main inner occupation has been how to connect with the spirit manifest in the laws of the universe, both outer and inner. I have been drawn to the scriptures and the writings of the sages in several traditions and I have written books on the Yoga Sutras, the Bhagavad Gita and the Gospel of John, as well as several others. Owing to my own need and search and the benediction of subtle spiritual energies, I have been blessed with many very helpful meetings with Jean de Salzman who was the main expositor of the Gurdjieff teaching after his death in 1949 until her own death in 1990 at the age of 101. I had helpful meetings with many other spiritually exalted persons such as J. Krishnamurti, Kabori Nanurai Sohaku Roshi, who was the head of Rinzai Zen in Japan for decades, and Archimandrite Father Vasilius on Mount Athos. It is increasingly clear to me that a spiritual undertaking is not against any of the academic disciplines. In fact, it can even be assisted by these studies, if one can be a little free of winning or losing an argument or a prize. Also, it is clear that the spiritual journey is without end. But I need to find more and more freedom from attachment to any end since whatever I imagine the goal or the end of the journey to be, it is inevitably at least partly conditioned by my mind. So I begin to find more and more interest in the journey where everything, including the very difficult times, is true and engaging. The mystery remains and I keep wondering what I am. Thanks so much for downloading the Spiritual Awakenings podcast. Do join us for the next episode.